You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So as you enter into what you deem as next year, be mindful to keep your eyes only on me. Oh, do you know where this is from, right? Look upward. Are y'all looking up? Have a steadfast gaze on things which are above where you're seated and where I'm seated in the heavenly realm. Pay not as much attention to those things that go on around you because they will confound you. Ain't that the truth? But if you look up, are you looking up? If you'll understand the season, you know what season you're in? These are the last days, right? And this time you'll greatly rejoice for what I will do for you in this next season. So I guess there's a season change. I will bring much joy and power and overcoming to the church like never before. For you'll need it for this hour. For my grace you shall walk in. For my grace you shall stand. And you will surely see my great and mighty hand. You will know that my arm is not shortened. My hand is not closed. For I'll protect my children and all will know. The land of Goshen will have nothing on you. You'll see my power, you'll see my virtue. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, the apostle Paul told Timothy to war a good warfare with the prophecy spoken over him. And uh, we know prophetic utterance um, uh, is wonderful. We thank God for prophetic utterance. And um, this, this is the deal. The, the word of God, really anytime something from the New Testament prophecy comes forth, you ought to be able to find it in the written word of God. Right? And so I went through, remember on these Sundays uh, before grace, we talked about this. And we went through and we, and we pulled things out of the, this prophecy, this word of wisdom that the Lord gave us. And we established it with the word of God. There's nothing in here that's not the word. Amen. Amen. And yet it speaks of future things. And so with prophecy, warring a good warfare means that you have to keep it in front of you, that you have to understand that you have a part to play. Many times even personal prophecy is very conditional. There's a lot of ifs, you'll do this, then I'll do this. And sometimes people don't understand that even with personal prophecy. And really they, um, I don't know if you want to say, especially in our circles, uh, disdain it or they don't count it. You know, um, Agabus the prophet in the book of Acts, uh, he, they were in a meeting together, everybody, and Agabus uh, was really one of the most uh, prominent New Testament prophets, the one we see in the Word of God. Remember, he got up and he signified by the Holy Ghost. I still haven't totally figured out what signified by the Holy Ghost means, but I think it means he demonstrated that there was a drought coming. And he was such a man of God and a prophet, uh, and a prophet doesn't just do what? A prophet doesn't just prophesy. A prophet is first a minister of the word of God. So if these uh, so-called prophets today are calling themselves prophet and they don't preach or teach anything, they're not. And you need to be very careful because probably what they minister by, it's not really minister, but what they speak by is probably a familiar spirit. Because a prophet, a true prophet is first a preacher and a teacher. That's the only way you can be a prophet. There are no prophets that are not uh, um, in, that, that preach and teach. So I know a lot of people go around there prophesy and say, you're a prophet. Uh, prophesy don't make you a prophet. <laughs> the, the gift of God makes you a prophet. That's it. And really, in the word of God, um, you know, accuracy is not always the, the bell, the, the line of whether someone's a prophet or not, because there's so much that goes into it. But I just want to tell you this. Agabus must have been someone who is very accurate because they trusted him so much that after he got done speaking, they immediately took up an offering. Now, I don't know a whole lot of prophets today that if they said something, we'd immediately... Do something about it. And that's unfortunate. I said it's unfortunate. I said it's unfortunate. And it's really not scriptural. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you follow. Be careful when you listen to somebody how you walk away from it. Because if it's God, even if it's correction, it's not going to make you angry. It's not going to rile you up. The only fight you're fighting is the fight of faith. But with Agabus, they so believed him that they took up an offering and what he said came to pass and they were ready for it. I said, and what he said came to pass and they were ready for it. 
I notice even how the Lord uses me sometimes. And as a pastor, you all probably don't get to see as much of it. Um, like when I go to Chile, because pastoring, my main goal, my main thing here is I feed the sheep. Um, as I pastor, I'm a, I'm a feeder. I teach the word of God. I give you good doctrine. I wa- we, Pastor Ron and I watch over you. But part of also is my gifting is when I go other places, and you see touches of it here, and there's a little bit of it tonight, and I, I don't control that, and neither do you. That's by the will of the Lord. I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. It's, I have what I have and when I have it. That's You see, the gifts of God, the manifestation of the Spirit, even the anointings on your life, you don't turn on and off that you cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And so when I go, uh, especially to Chile, um, you know, I I function really different there. And, uh, uh, but I will say this, there are seasons where the Lord, because of my, the gifting that I have, like things like this come out. And so you've got a choice to make. Do you believe this came from God? Not just because it came from a tongue and an interpretation, but that it came from God. And see, I've noticed this in people. There are some times when I, I can, uh, because of the, uh, the Bible talks about a prophet's reward. What's a prophet's reward? Well, when, when you uh, help somebody, the gifting that's on their life will bless you. Now, I've even noticed with my life, because of where I walk, those that are around me, the Lord will give me things for them. Doesn't mean they're automatically going to come to pass, but he's going to help them. He's going to give them something to war a good warfare with. I want to do this, but they've got to pick it up and war with it. They've, and other believe with it. And it's got to agree with the word of God. And today, the Holy Ghost is not going to tell you things uh, from a man or a woman that don't align up with your heart. In other words, he's not going to be telling you a bunch of stuff new. But on the other hand, he can something that he wants to do in your life that you're not picking up, he can send somebody who you trust to help you, but you got to war good warfare with it. I so say you got to war, like the woman, you know, who t- uh, took care of, the, the, I, I have all this. Anyway, um, uh, um, the woman that took care of Elijah, remember? And obviously she wanted a child. The Lord wouldn't give her a child if she didn't want a child. And later you find out when he died, she was real mad because she told the prophet, you shouldn't have promised me something, you know, and that's old covenant. But, but how many you know that, that the Lord gave her a child? She didn't build him a room to get a child. She didn't build him a room to get, because you can't build a room to get a child. Especially if you can't have one. But when she did it out of her heart, then the Lord obviously ministered to Elijah to help bless this woman. I mean, it's, so it's really, it's really cool to watch how God t- interworks everything. And, and so this woman received her child. And then when he died, remember, man, she, she, she you know, her, he, he, he was, I don't know, a young teenager, something like that, came and she took him up. And remember, that's the woman that said on her way, all is well. Everybody say, all is well. How can all be well when all is bad? How can all be well if all is bad? Because God told her something. Because God gave her that child. And when God gives you something, you should say, all is well. And she wasn't going any other way about it. She, she just said, uh, let's giddy up, let's go. And remember, Gehazi came to stop her and she says, get out of my way, dude. You're not who I've come to see. You get out of my way. You're not who I've come to see. And then she didn't give, <laughs> she didn't give the prophet a chance, a choice. Right? And how many know the child was raised from the dead? My point is there that um, you can see some things when the Lord gives and when the Lord does. There is a fight sometime to get it. I don't know about you, but if I look around the world, I can get really confounded right now. I don't understand everything going on out there. And this is just the beginning. It's not even gross darkness yet. But I'm not participating. And so the Lord in this gave you some promises, didn't he? What what did he say to you? And what did he say to you? If you'll look up and understand the season, you'll rejoice greatly. Um, He said, I'm going to bring some joy, much joy, power, overcoming. Uh, And he said, you know, he reminded us of the grace we walk in. And the grace we stand, and he said, we're going to see his great and mighty hand. Come on, when God's hand gets to moving, woo-wee, his arm's not shortened. His hand is not closed. He's going to protect you. 
And he's going to protect me in such a way that everybody's going to know. And then he promised us the land of Goshen would have nothing on you. I love that verbiage. The land of Goshen will have nothing on you. <laughs> in the midst of all the mess, there were, all, there were no flies in Goshen. The lights were on in Goshen. There was no frogs in Goshen. The firstborn was protected in Goshen. Right? And he said, and he said you're going to see my power and you're going to see my virtue. Okay? So that's God's side. So in, a, in a, a prophecy or in an utterance, there's often God's side, and then now there's your side. It's just that way with everything with God. Amen. You know, I was ministering in Chile, and there was this minister. You know, i got to be careful sometimes. I know everybody's watching, uh, even down there. But he, 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 I guess, grew up with some misinformation. Just like maybe some of you did. I grew up with some misinformation. I had a wrong picture of God. And he, this man, he just believed that if it was going to get done, it was all on God. We have no part to play. Really strongly believed in the sovereignty of God. And um, he'd been hanging around us for a little bit. And this year he just, he just slipped all the way in. And now he's got some deliverance of, of some things, got some changed perspective. Because I don't, and I didn't do it on purpose, but I kept harping even in the minister's conference. There's a God side and there's a man's side. You can't do God's side, but he can't do your side. But he used to believe it's all God's side. And he loved the Lord and he loved Jesus. Even getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, if it's going to happen, then God's going to do it. Well, God's going to baptize, Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, but you're the one that speaks in other tongues. Right? So all that. So I'm saying all this because the Holy Ghost is trying to get something for you and me. God said what he was going to do. Is what he was going to do. This is all word, right? Amen. Can you find all this in the word? So these are all promises to you and I. But then he said, this is your side. Are you ready for your side? He said, for it's time to rejoice. Hallelujah. Right? It's time to be glad. So he's telling you. So number one, he told us to rejoice. Number two, he said, be glad. And he said, lay aside mourning. Not, not morning like 7 a.m., morning like, oh. Put away the Kleenex. Well, it's okay to cry. Yeah, weeping endures for a night. If you're believing something, there'll always be joy. Hold on, stick with me. Um, lay aside mourning. Lay aside sackcloth. What is that? Well, if you don't know anything about the old covenant, they used to, during their mourning, during their grieving, they put on sackcloth and ashes. And I guess they just covered it. I'm glad we don't have to do that no more. Amen. And he said, don't do that now. He said, don't do that now. Lay aside those things that would depress you. Well, if it's depressing me, how can I lay it aside? Well, he wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. I said, he wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. So you can lay it aside. How do you lay it aside? Quit thinking about it. How do you lay it aside? Quit talking about it. How do you lay it aside? Well, quit trying to fix it in the natural. Amen. Lay aside those things that would depress you and keep you down. Then he said this. It's time. Uh-oh, it's something else to do. It's time to lift up a shout. It's time to lift up a praise. It's time to dance and be glad in my name. Come on, it's time to dance. Well, I don't feel like it. He didn't ask you if you felt like it. He told you what time it was. He didn't ask you. He told you. It's time to dance. Well, I don't want to. Well, then it won't be like in Goshen for you. It's, <laughs> it's time to dance and be glad. I told you and I'll tell you again. Why? Because he knew we wouldn't get it. And we need to keep being repeated too. Isn't he nice? I told you and I told you, I'll tell you again. He's never going to quit telling you. He repeats a lot. You know, you know well, I remember when I first got, uh, came back to the Lord, when I was reading the Bible really for the first time in my life, I got so excited because I'm like, oh, I think I read that in Matthew. This must be important. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Oh, my, it's in all four of them. This must be a big deal. I didn't know that before. He repeats. He repeats. What's he repeat? I tell you and I'll tell you again. Rejoice and be glad. Let the redeemed. Do I got any redeemed people? Say so. Be glad and rejoice evermore. 
There is no time to be sad. You don't have time to be sad. Well, I am sad. Well, quit it. Well, if I could quit it, I would. Well, I'm telling you how right now. Lay it aside. Hallelujah. Lift up. I know. Listen, y'all, I deal with stuff just like you do. I deal with stuff just like you do. And I got to do it the way you do it, this way. There's no time to be sad, so lift up your voice, lift up your praise, and together we'll go and proclaim his holy name. So I was like, oh, Lord, what do you want to talk about tonight? And he said, he said that one thing right there, it's time to lift up a shout. He said, I want to talk about shouting. I'm like, all right. I don't know how many of you grew up in church, but one of the things, I, I did not grow up in a Pentecostal-type church, spirit-filled church. I grew up in a denominational church. But I did some study on um, Pentecostal denominations. I was intrigued with them. So I've done some study about the Assembly of God, the Church of God of Cleveland, the Church of God in Christ. Amen. I don't know how many of you came from some of those backgrounds, maybe some Pentecostal background. But there, you know, uh, there's some good in Pentecost. Pentecost just means the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. There's some good things in Pentecost that we in modern-day spirit-filled living should not discard. And one of the things the old-timers in the beginning, they knew how to do, they knew how to shout. And so all three of those denominations, they had a shout about them. And, and things started off in fire and a shout. Anytime, you know, but if the shout is gone, the fire is gone. If the shout is gone, the fire is gone. And so we, we, we're trying to maintain the shout. So um, I, I want to just look at some things. And we're going to start in the Psalms. And uh, we'll see how far we get going. And so I need your cooperation, please. And so, because we're going to be doers tonight. Amen. <laughs> we're going to be doers. We've already started, but we're going to be doers tonight. Psalms 511. Psalms 511. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in thee. Let all those, do you trust him? Then what are we supposed to do? Rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Is he defending you? Then you should shout about it. Hallelujah. Let them that love your name be joyful in thee. Amen. All right. So keep that one. Keep that one in your pocket. Uh, Psalms 32.11. Psalms 32.11. Woo-wee. Hallelujah. Psalms 32.11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. You right, Are you righteous? Are you righteous? And shout for joy. And shout for joy, all you that are upright in heart. Hallelujah. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice because you're righteous. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad he made you righteous? Shout for joy. Shout for joy. Shout for joy, all that are upright in heart. Hallelujah. Oh, we're getting going now. Psalms 35, 27. Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy. Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let them shout for joy. 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 And be glad. Hallelujah. Woo, the, love, the Lord loves to take care of you. He loves to take care of you. Psalms 47, verse 1. Psalms 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. 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 With the voice of triumph. I always win. I always win. And when I'm done, I win again. Hallelujah. Shout unto God. With the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Psalms 98. Psalms 98.4. Psalms 98.4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise. Make a loud noise. Make a loud noise. Make a loud noise. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Rejoice and sing praise. You know, sometimes, I know I grew up in a really quiet church. If anyone said amen, you know, there would be, you know, all that kind of, but that, you're, in, you're not in that kind of church. You say, well, you know, I, you know, you don't have to be emotional. This is not emotional. This is obeying Scripture. This is not emotional. This is obeying Scripture. But listen to me. Well, I just don't, I'm a faith person. I don't have to feel anything. If you're really a faith person, you will feel some things. I don't know where we got all messed up with that. There's no feeling. God's real. The Holy Ghost is real. You can sit, feel may be a bad word, but you can sense his presence. He's very real. He's very real. And when he gets on you, you're going to change. When he gets on you, you're going to respond unless you push him away. Come on. Hallelujah. So if you're really a faith person, you're going to feel sense something. Amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All the earth. Make a loud noise. Hallelujah. You know, heaven's not the quiet place with little bitty angels floating around the throne like everybody thinks it is. Heaven, there's lightnings and thunders. You might as well, you know, if you, bring, you want somebody who's all quiet and they like church all quiet, you might bring them in here and let them get used to it before they go. There's not going to be a little corner in heaven for the quiet folk. Amen. They're, they're, so, hallelujah. Anyway, hallelujah. Psalms 132. Glory to God. We're just getting warmed up here. Hallelujah. Psalms 132, verse 9. Let the priests be clothed with righteousness, and let the saints shout for joy. Verse 16, 16, I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 19. So can we see the psalmist, obviously, and psalms are for us today. Um, we should shout. So shouting is scriptural. Shouting is right. What does shouting show? I believe it shows that you believe something. That you rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. You're shouting about something. Your, your, um, your expectation is high. You shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Because you know you got the victory, you can shout about it. Right? So Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. You know, it's like a... Yeah, Sabagua. It's, it's like Sabagua. It's like uh, Sabagua. Mangate, Zofrete, Safai, Topakali, Zebazip, Alaman, Celebrete. So quit trying to do things in the natural. Not opposed to the counsel of men, but I am opposed when they oppose me. And I want you to understand what I'm saying unto you and do it. Because I want to bring great victory to you, to your house, and to all that concerns you. And I will mangabang. I will sipape. I will lokopoye. I will kabangi. I siposhotolo. And I will cause you to triumph. And I will cause you to walk in victory. Just do what I say and lay aside those things that beset you. Lay aside the mourning. Lay aside the sackcloth. Lay it aside and pick up a, a, a sukubuye. Pick up the bakali. Pick up the mangabanji, pick up the rokotea. So pick up, pick up a garment of praise, pick up a joy, pick up those things that I have promised you and begin to shout with joy unspeakable. Amen. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Luke uh, 19. Verse 37, and when they was come nigh, even now that the, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. So he's coming down from Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples, a multitude. So a multitude is more than 100. A multitude in the Bible is more than you can count. So anytime there's a multitude, <laughs> that means there's too many to count. So the Bible, the Holy Ghost, just calls them a multitude. The multitude of the disciples, interesting, the multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Why? Because everything they'd just seen. Everything they'd just seen. I mean, they couldn't contain themselves. They just began to shout and rejoice 
They began to do that, not the shambok thing, that's a minister, the shabak, what, I don't, they began to do the halal, they began to do all, all that crazy praise. They were doing it. They were doing it, right? They were doing it. And they got, in the loud, they got loud. And they were grateful for everything God, are you grateful for anything God has done? Are you, you and I are grateful, aren't we? Aren't we grateful for what we see in the word, but aren't we grateful for what he's done in our life? My goodness, I just don't want to think about my life without Jesus. And, and even when I'm going through something, I know that he has delivered, he does deliver, and he'll always deliver me. Hallelujah. He'll protect me. A thousand may fall on my side, 10,000 on my right hand. Listen to me, somebody. If he told you what to do to get out of it, quit looking in the natural to try to figure it out. Do what he said. Do what, if you want water turned into wine, you got to do what he said. I know there are natural ways to solve problems, but if God gave you a supernatural way, then why are you messing around in the natural? Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Hallelujah. I'm going to answer that question that you just shot at me in just a minute. I heard you. I'm going to help you. <laughs> say with a loud voice. God said with a loud voice. Uh, where are we? 37. The whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God. Wow. Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it all the way through this. Help me. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> they began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen saying, blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. And then watch this in verse 39. And some of the Pharisees who were hanging out in the multitude. Look at that. They were hanging out in the multitude. They'd just seen all the miracles. They'd just seen everything. But they couldn't let go of their religion. They couldn't let go of their natural way of doing. They couldn't let go of their importance. They couldn't let go of the natural. Religion is, that's what religion is. It's just natural way to try to do the things of God. It's just very natural. What people say to me all the time, I know, and it, you know, I'm, the older I get, the little plainer I'm getting. And so if I offend you, the Bible says you have to get over it, all right? But listen, listen to me. You know, people say to me all the time, well, Pastor Mark, we need to use wisdom. And you know, I used to say, yeah, that's right. But I knew very well what they meant. We need to be natural. Well, you be natural and get natural. You be natural, you get natural. And sometimes it'll work out okay. Sometimes. But with God, but with God, fill up the water pots. Go dip that in there. And you carry that to the governor of the feast. Remember what Mama Mary said. Whatever he says, do it. Everybody say, do it. Do what? What he said. What did he say? Well, it's written down. But also to you individually, if the Lord spoke to you to do something, you have to know that don't let the devil talk you out of what you heard from God. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Has he said it? God say it. Then he'll do it. You got to hold on to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then these Pharisees. Where are we? We're in the Pharisees. We're at 39. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude. I've never seen that before. They were among the multitude. They were hanging out in the middle of the rambunctious people who had just seen God move. And they had the nerve to do this. The world and religion will do this next thing. Master, rebuke them. Tell them to shut up. Simmer down. We don't need this nonsense. And he answered and said to them, Look at here. I tell you, I, I, I tell you, if these hold their peace... The stones would immediately cry out. If these hold their peace, if these hold their peace, immediately, immediately, the rocks are going to cry out. 
Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blind Bartimaeus sitting by the side of the road. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The religious folks, shh, sit down. Be quiet. Sit down. Be quiet. What he do? Jesus! Got a little louder. Got a little louder. Got a little louder. Sometimes you got to get a little louder over the noise. Sometimes you got to get a little louder under the, over the doubt and unbelief. You got to get louder than the unbelief. You got to get louder. Jesus! <laughs> Woo! Jesus. Son of David! Have mercy on me. What did Jesus do? He stopped. He says, bring him here. And then all the religious folk. He's calling for you. Can I help you? Can I go with you? I don't know. I don't know if they did all that. Right? 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 The ones who were telling him to shut up are now saying he's calling. How can we help them? How can we help the religious people? How can you help someone in your house that's been hit with a stupid stick? How can you? You go on with God. You keep shouting. You keep praising God. You believe God for them, but, but you know what? They have a choice. Most of the time, they have a choice. Unless they're a teenager in your house and they don't have no choice, they come to church on Wednesday nights. If you keep giving them a choice, you're going to hurt them, not help them. Anyway, that's another subject for another day. But all the subjects are pertinent tonight, it seems. Hallelujah. What did they do? He, it says here that they told them, they were in the multitude. They're among us. Not here. They're among the body of Christ. That's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's emotion. It's not emotion. It's obeying scripture. It's not emotion. It's obeying scripture. There's a scriptural principle. You sow in tears, but you reap in joy. It's a scriptural principle. What season are you in? You're in a harvest season. You're in a harvest season. You're in a harvest season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let no stone take my place. I'm not going to let no rock cry out in my place. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be quiet. I can't be quiet. I can't be quiet. Woo. I was thinking of that uh, song, you know, hill song, shout unto, shout unto, whatever that one is. Shout unto God. You know what I'm talking about, that one. That was old. What is it? Shout to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 12, 6. I think I'm just going to preach till I get drunk and then just fall out and we'll see what happens. Isaiah 12, 6. Isaiah 12, 6. Isaiah, that's scriptural. In the book of Acts, just so you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you knew. It's like, does he got some wine up there? No, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. The Bible's in the book of Acts said, he said, uh, these men are drunk. And he said, no, they're not drunk like you suppose. Didn't say they weren't drunk. He just said, it's not like you think. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isaiah 12. Woo. God is my salvation. I'm going to trust him, not be afraid. Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. Talks about drawing with joy, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you'll draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, you, shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. He's in the midst of us. So when he's in the midst of us, what should we be doing? Well, we should be shouting. 
We was, what, what will a shout do? Well, shout will do a number of things. So uh, let's look at 1 Samuel. Just, I just want to exhort you tonight, just going through a, a scripture that I found on shouting. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp. Well, that's all done away with. No, you're the, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost now. So you're a temple, you're a temple, you're a temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines, and the Philistines are always a type of the devil, and when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, "Uh, what's up? What means the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. They understood something's about to happen. The presence of God was in the midst of them. The presence of God was in the midst of them. 2 Chronicles 13, 15, it says, Then the men of 2 Chronicles 13, 15 said, Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abja and Judah. So when you shout, God begins to work. Now you all know this one. You all know Joshua chapter number six. You all know Joshua. So, so listen, um, you know, today, this is a, a, a type, um, but the principle is what you need to get here. So Joshua six. Verse, well, let's look at verse 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have, given thine hand, I have given into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Verse 5, it says, And it shall come to pass, that when you make a long blast on the ram's horn, and, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of that city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend upon every man straight before him. So God says to Joshua, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a blast of the trumpet. You're all going to shout, and then this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do, but this is what you got to do. This is what I'm going to do, but this is what you got to do. This is what I'm going to do. What's he going to do? He's going to knock down the walls of Jericho. But I'm going to do that, but in order for me to do that, then this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. All right? Verse 10. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then you're going to shout. So Joshua gave him further instructions. We've been down this road before. I was with your mama and your daddy, and their lips were loose, and we all wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Nobody's talking until I tell you to talk. That's what he's saying. Verse 16. Verse 16, and it came to pass, so now it's coming to pass. They're doing what he said. At the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet, Joshua said unto the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20, so the people shouted. So the people did what? Why? Because that's what they were commanded to do. Who told him to do that? Well, Joshua, but who told him before that? The Lord told him what to do. He said, I'm going to knock down the city, but you're going to shout. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I know. Why does it have to make sense before you do it? Why does it have to make sense to your brain before you do it? Because see, a lot of things the Lord will tell you to do, tithe, that don't make any sense. How can you live off 90% if you can't live off 100%? But it works. It works. How can laying hands on somebody heal them? And people in the world mock us, but they can mock all they want. I have come too far, done this for too long. God's done way too much. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. I know, I know what he does. You know what he does. But let us not fall back into the things of this world and only do something that makes sense. I'm helping somebody. So the people shouted with the priest, blew the trumpet, and it came to pass. Everybody say, it came to pass. Why? Because he said it. He said it, and then they did it. He said it, then they did it. If you said it, I believe it. Right? 
the people shouted with the priests that blew the trumpet. It came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat. It happened just like God said. But it would not have happened unless they did it like God said. What, what am I telling you? Well, I've worked you back into a corner is what I've done. I've worked you into a corner. Are you going to do what God said in December or not? Are you going to just do it in, are you going to just do it in church? I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. Are we, going, are, we going, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it every day? Come on, when you, when you wake up in the morning, give him a shout. When you're, hallelujah. Let, let's start it. Let's start it tomorrow morning. Come on. We're, we're going to do some shouting here in a little bit. But tomorrow morning, shout a little bit. When you're driving by yourself and, you're, and Redstone, try to get in. Why don't you shout a little bit? When you're up on Highway 72, and I don't know why they keep, I, I wish they, why are they recovering that when they're going to make it a three? I don't know, but shout anyway. <laughs> Amen. When you all are in your Starbucks line, and it's 20 deep, shout unto the Lord before you get your caffeine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you do what he said, you'll get what he said. If you'll do what he said, even don't make sense to your mind, don't make sense to anybody out of you, the expert around you said that's not going to work, but if God said it, he'll work. If God said it, it'll work. If God said it, it'll work. If God told you to do it, it'll work. If God told you to do it, it'll work. But you got to do it with all your heart. And how can you tell you believe? It's because you have a shout about you. you got some joy about you. You're rejoicing in the Lord always. Hallelujah. Why is this shouting so important? Well, when this thing is all wrapped up, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, when this thing is all wrapped up, the Lord likes to shout. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I believe that shout will scare some folks. Hallelujah. But it's not going to scare me. I'm looking forward to that shout. I'm looking for, do you think everybody's going to hear that shout? They're going to hear it all over the world. Well, this is not a fairy tale. This is going to happen. The Lord Jesus himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet. Oh, he likes them trumpets, and he likes to shout. Amen. And the dead, he will, it'll wake up the dead. It'll get up the dead. Hallelujah. Sometimes in our midst, I can see it on people on Sunday morning sometime when you all get a little rambunctious. The dead religion in them, it starts to shake off a little bit. And I see it starts to, they start to enjoy it a little bit. Hallelujah. Because nobody likes dead religion. Religion won't get you anywhere. And the religious people have always told everybody to sit down and shut up. They always... They were in the multitude, and they saw all the signs and wonders that Jesus did, and everybody was shouting with a loud voice, and they were rejoicing. And the religious people thought, you know what? We got to get this under control. We got to get these people under control. Get all this emotion. It wasn't emotion. It was joy. Joy is not an emotion. It's a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force that brings in the harvest, that brings in the answer. Amen. And they were shouting. And, and, and the religious people said, you know, Matt, tell them. To, even call, they even addressed him correctly, but they wanted to tell him to shut up. I love that scripture. He said, if, if I tell them to hold their peace, the rocks are going to cry out. Because somebody around here is going to shout. Something's going to shout. God, God made us for a shout. I was looking, you know, you Google things all the time, and Google's a blessing, but it's also bad. And sometimes I look at stuff, and, and I had, there's this one minister, supposedly, who is saying why it's not proper in the New Testament church to shout. Don't go find it. Let me just tell you, he just, he must have, he must have, I don't know. Yeah, he got hit with a stupid sick. It, 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 but it's just silly because this is the New Testament. And this is Jesus. And it talks about joy and rejoicing. And talks about, and then it just talks about praising with a loud voice. It doesn't necessarily shout, but it's a loud voice. You, you and I are supposed to shout. Can you see that clearly in the word of God? Uh, come on. And you all are good shouters. And we're, and we're working our way there. So I've just backed you into a corner. Are, are, are we all going to do this? 
I'm talking about this, the prophecy. Because what did he say? His part, what, he said what he's going to do. We're going to see his power. We're going to see his virtue. The land of Goshen won't have anything on you. His, his, his arm is not shortened. His hand is not closed. He's going to, you're going to see his mighty hand. You're going to see his grace. He said, but for you, you've got to rejoice. You've got to be glad. For you, you've got to lay aside the mourning. So listen to me. I'm not, I'm not being cold. Sometimes things are hard. Sometimes things are hard, right? But if you stay there, God can't fix it. So what do you got to do? He said lay it aside. How do I lay it aside? Well, it's in your soul. So you got to say, on purpose, I lay this aside. When it comes to you and you want to fret about it, you want to worry about it. Now, I understand this one. I come from a line of world champion warriors. You got to on purpose lay it aside. How you do? You open your mouth. I lay that aside. I cast the care, the weight of it on the Lord. And you know when he's got it versus when you got it. Because if he's got it, you don't have to worry about it anymore because he's got it. But if you even are concerned about it a little bit, then you got it. And if you got it, he ain't got it. I said if you got it, he ain't got it. I know that's not good English, but it's good doctrine. If, 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 if you're worrying about it, concerned about it, losing sleep, then you got it. And if you got it, he doesn't have it. But if you'll give it to him and he has it, then he can fix it. He can fix it. He can fix it. So lay aside. Everybody say, lay it aside. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell him, lay it aside. And says, lay aside those things. Again, lay aside this, those things. that Lay aside the weights. Right? And sin that does so easily beset you. Did you know worrying is a sin? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lay it, everybody say, lay it aside. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them, lay it aside. Lay aside those things that would depress you and keep you down. But this is what you and I are supposed to do. We are supposed to, he said, the first thing he said, lift up, it's time. He said, it's time. It's time. It's time. What time is it? It's time to shout. 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 What time is it? What time is it? It's time to shout. 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 It's time to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It's time to shout. 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 It's time to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. So are we going to do it? Now, I want to answer somebody. You said, well, you're talking to somebody. That's, you sit down. Uh, um, um, Second Kings, because I heard you say, Pastor Mark, it's too hard. Don't make light of what I'm going through. I get it. But if you make too much of it, you're not helping yourself. It's overwhelming me. Quit saying that. That overwhelms me. Quit saying that. Don't let it overwhelm you. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Come on, has he not said it? If he told you something, then that's what he's going to do. Don't let an expert talk you out of what God said. I like this. 2 Kings chapter 5. Let's go a little backstory. Now, I, don't, I think you heard this not very long ago, and I told the Lord, we already did that, and he ignored me, and he said, do it. Second Kings chapter 5. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a, manny, a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. So here we have Naaman. You know, we give him the name Naaman the leper. That's terribly named after a disease, but Naaman the leper. And it says, and the Syrians had gone out by um, companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel and a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. So there's a little Hebrew girl who got taken captive, unfortunately, but she's now serving them. And she said unto her mistress, would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of leprosy. Now, how does faith come? So, so listen, uh, Naaman's wife got some faith. And she said, I don't know how it happened. 
She said, hey, little girl, tell him what you told me. Because they wouldn't have done the next stuff if there wasn't some faith. Because they'd have been like, that's ridiculous. I have leprosy. How's that? That's ridiculous. And he went in and told his Lord. um, And he went in and one went in and told his Lord saying, thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. So he's talking because it says, and the king of Syria said, "Uh uh-oh. So Naaman must have went to the king and said, hey, I want to go over there. Well, you think about it. And so the king of Syria is getting involved. And he said, I'll send a a letter to the king of Israel. And and you know part of that story, when the king of Israel got the letter, he rent his clothes because he said, am I God? Right? And so he didn't obviously believe in the Lord. uh, And verse 8 says, and it was so when Elisha, Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel rent his clothes. I guess it was a big old deal. Everybody heard about it. When you rent your clothes, he sent to the king saying, wherefore has you rent your clothes? Send him on down. And, the, and uh, he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with the horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Okay, now here's where everybody listening. I know you've heard this account many times, but this is so important. Because of what God has said to us, all right? And then sometimes as you've walked with God, and some of you have for many years now, whether you know it or not, you get in your mind how God's going to do it. Maybe he did it that way before. Maybe somebody testified about it. If I was, and we all do this, you don't do this as much as me, but if I were the Lord, I'd do it this way. I'm always trying to help him. You can say amen or owe me. <laughs> um, so Elisha, so he's standing at the door of Elisha's house. And this is here. Now, how many know Elisha's a prophet? And he can only do what the Lord tells him to do. Right. Elisha is not the healer. He's operating under an old covenant. And, and dude here is not a covenant man. He heard something. He believed something. And now he showed up. But Elisha can only do what Elisha hears from the Lord. He's not doing anything independently on his own. If Jesus couldn't do anything independently on his own, Elisha can't do anything independently on his own. And neither can you do anything independently on your own. You need to know what the Holy Ghost says from the Word of God and what he says to you personally. And so Elisha sent a messenger unto him. So Elisha doesn't go out. He sends somebody. And he says, this is the message, go wash in the Jordan seven times. So is that... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even if it's not what you wanted to hear, when God says it, that's what God said. When God says it, that's what God said. Now, especially for you and I for the written word. If God said it in the written word, then we just have to do it, whether we understand it or not. But when God speaks to you personally, if he told you a way to do it, then you just do it. Well, I don't understand it. He didn't tell you to understand it. He told you to do it. Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to thee, and you'll be clean. Now, we all, if someone said that, you got leprosy, and if I just had to go dip in the river Jordan seven times, I'd be good. But Naaman, he was a dude. He was a man, man. And he did not like the disrespect of this so-called prophet. Because this is what said. But Naaman was wroth. What does that mean? Ooh, I don't know what come out of his mouth. He was mad. He was mad. The mad people called him mad. Naaman was wroth and went away. He went away. I'm not doing it that way. That's ridiculous. That's religious. That's what, that's what religious people would say. I'm not doing that. Shout. I'm not doing it. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Rejoice. I don't have anything to rejoice about. That's ridiculous. Dance. I ain't dancing. It's ridiculous. And then, he, then his, you get to see Naaman here. Behold, I thought, well, there's his problem. <laughs> there's his problem. 
That's my problem. That's your problem. I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought surely he would come out. This is how I pictured it in my mind's eye. This great prophet is going to come out. He's going to stand in front of me, call in the name of the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place, and recover me. That's how I thought, and that's the way I think this ought to work. And if it's not going to work the way I thought it was going to work, then I'm just going to keep my leprosy, and I'm going to keep my pride, and I'm going to go back with leprosy back to Syria. Now, everybody needs four crazy friends. Because he's like, are not the Abba, the, those rivers of Damascus, better than the waters? He's complaining. Now, this Jordan's dirty. I'm not getting in it. Couldn't I have just washed in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in a rage. He's in a rage. That's different than being mad. That's uncontrollable. I don't know if you've ever been anybody around in a rage, but they're just, you just can't deal with them. And his servants came near. Thank God. Everybody needs some people around you to knock some sense into you every once in a while. Now, they addressed him properly. My father, dude, big, big daddy, big dude. If the prophet had bid thee to do some th- great thing, if he had told you to do some big thing, some hard thing. <laughs> Would you not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, wash and be clean. So in his rage, and they calmed him down, he, he decided something. Well, I guess that's right. Then he went and dipped in the river Jordan seven times, and he came up clean. What's his problem? Well, he thought. That's your problem. That's my problem. I thought. Well, I thought. Well, I thought. And this is what I thought. Now, if I were God, I'd send this magnanimous prophet out to me, and he'd come out in flowing gowns, (laughs) and he would strike the leprosy and call on the name of his God, and it'd all be gone. And man, wouldn't that be a good story and a good book? But dip in a dirty river? Not me. Listen, this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. I said a lot to get here. He told us to shout. He told us to rejoice. It doesn't have to make sense to your mind. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to, (laughs) I don't know, you don't have to, you don't have to understand it. But he told you something. There's some people in the room. He told you what to do about a situation. And you're letting people talk you out of it. But if he told you what to do and you do it, it'll work out. Well, I'm tired. Well, everybody gets tired. But if you'll wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. And while you're shouting and while you're dancing... And while you're laughing and while you're rejoicing, then he'll be working. Because if he told you something, then he's going to do something. Do you understand what I'm saying? If he told you, in order to see his virtue and his power and his mighty hand, if he told you something hard, if he told you to stand on your hands and clap your feet, and then you're going to see the power of God. If he told you to, let's, do, let's go real spiritual. If he told you to memorize the gospel of John in the King James Version, and when you was all done, he was going to do some mighty thing for you. If he told you something hard, would you do it? But you see this, shouting, dancing, rejoicing. Yeah, that's what he said do. That's what he said do. And he said, when you do that, this is what I want to do. And when you do what I tell you to do, then, what, then I'm going to do what I told you I was going to do. I'm going to do what I told you I was going to do. Are you all ready for him to do what he told you he's going to do? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to... Uh, 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 
I think we're together. We're going to jumper cable you. Has your battery ever gone dead in your car? What you got to do? You got to call somebody who's got some jumper cables. Now, I always get, some fray, I always get concerned about jumper cables in the natural that I'm going to fry myself or something like that. One time I was, uh, we were, you were at a store or something, and I came because you couldn't get the thing started, and it was pouring down rain. And, and I had, I, I put them on hers. My dad taught me, and I did that, but I couldn't remember what I should do with my car that was running. And I remember I was just standing in the rain <laughs> like this. I was just standing in the rain like this. I was like, I think I even prayed. I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I, don't remember, I don't remember what to do. I don't remember what my dad said. And suddenly this guy, must have been an angel, he's like, sir, you look like you need some help. I said, I just went like this. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 it didn't make me less of a man. I, it didn't make me less of a man. It made me a man who lived. Hallelujah. <laughs> I blessed him as he went, as the car started. Thank you very much. You know, so I'm not afraid to ask for when I need some help. I'm not afraid to ask when I need some help. I'm not afraid to ask when I need some help. The anointing of God that's in this room will help you. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.